Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Floresville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art of boltconjure.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Floresville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome our special guests, Miss Elvira of Elvira with a Y dot com in the, and Deborah Boyd of BewitchingBee.com discussing the exciting revival of The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron radio show here on the LMP Radio Network. They'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat. Hi, thank you, River Nart. Well, um, first thing, how are things in your world? Very rainy. It's been raining, I think, <laughs> for a week. I'm about to build an ark. Other than that, <laughs> oh boy. Other than that, you know, we've been kind of rocking and rolling since the festival. You know, it's, it seems like it was just yesterday, but you know, a lot of candles, a lot of new clients, a lot of a lot of good stuff going on, and even more to come. Okay, well, that's good news. Good news. <clears throat> Things here have been. Um... Uh, chaotic because we're, we went right from the festival to preparing preparing for the uh, National Garden Railway Association annual convention, which is being held in Northern California. So we've been working on the railroad and haven't had hardly time to touch base or do anything. But um, I've been uh, working at the shop uh, now that I have some free time. <laughs> I can work at the shop and put packages together and get orders out. So that's a lot of fun. And we've been having a lot of walk-in customers. I think I can declare finally that the effects of COVID are coming to an end and people are coming into the shop and buying things and, uh, you know, joining us in discussing magic and showing us what they do and learning what we teach. And it's been really a lot of fun lately. So, that's what we've been up to. I, I'm still working on my various Patreon projects, a new page every week for my patrons. And um, I'm right now taking a little bit of a summer dive into the Mystic Tea Room. I'm going to be doing some work there for Patreon. And that's you can just pay $2 a week or $8 a month, and you get access to pages that nobody else gets access to for a year if you like my writing on magic and um let's see what else is new around here i cannot think of anything uh 
just um, holding for when we're going to be putting those workshops online from the 2023 festival. And Papa G and I have an appointment to start going through that stuff and getting some of that together. Uh, Nagashiva is going to help. James is going to help. And I bet Art is going to help too. And we're going to get some more of those online for people to purchase. So that is it for me. How about you, Conjureman? What's going on in your world? Hello, hello. Things are going quite well. Uh, like yourself, I went from one conference to another, so I'm a bit in recovery mode right now. <laughs> but otherwise, doing quite well. Doing lots of lots of work with uh, clients who are interested to find out what their summer is going to look like. Um, so it's been it's been a fun and interesting week. I uh, had a lot of fun at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Got a chance to do some fantastic readings and meet with some clients. And absolutely loved, loved your presentation on astrology for root workers. I've already recommended <laughs> that book to at least a dozen people. <laughs> uh, you're so sweet. I really appreciate that you found that book worthy, Conjureman, because I know you to be a great astrologer. It's definitely uh, one of the, the best books that's been released in recent years. Wow. <laughs> well, gosh. Um Today, we have some really good news, and we have two guests. So um, without further ado, I'm going to explain what's going on, and then I'm going to bring them on. Um, For many years, Elvira and her co-host, Miss Phoenix LaFay, conducted a wonderful pagan, goddess-centered radio show called The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. I never did figure out who was the witch and who was the priestess, but I knew who the cauldron was. It was the guy who ran the board at Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> and um, He was just the guy who mixed it all up, I guess. And um, and uh, Miss Phoenix has uh, gone on to other things, and Elvira would like to continue. And we were so happy when... Um, Deb Voice joined Air because she is also a prominent pagan, goddess-centered writer and speaker, lecturer, teacher, and she's wonderful. And I made a kind of a, uh, a sort of a little get them together thing. <laughs> it's like get them together. Elvira <laughs> and Deb need to be together, and it worked. My little spell Yay. worked. <laughs> it turned out they liked one another and they've been kind of long distance communicating because they're in two different states and I'm going to let them tell you all about it but the witch the priestess and the cauldron is coming back to radio Yay. from all of our all of our woo-hoo. pagan friends yeah Yay. it's really it's a big woohoo now we've been rebroadcasting some of the older shows and this is going to continue right. we're not dropping one for the other so now you'll be able to listen to the wish the priestess and the cauldron we'll see announcements of them twice a week which is really really cool so without further ado <laughs> welcome to the show elvira welcome to the show deb thank you thank, thank you, you. 
well. All right. Now, so. you guys got to sort out who's going to be talking and what you're going to talk about. But why don't you figure it out between yourselves? I'm not going to say who goes first because it's not my job. <laughs> um, well. What, what caused this to happen, and where is the show going to go from here? Well, I'm going <laughs> to jump in just because um, I think with – the fact that I, it's not any particular reason, just that I think I'll just jump in. And, um, <laughs> and this is Elvira. Elvira. This is Miss Elvira, yes. This is, this is mm-hmm. her. Um, <laughs> and I think the reason why it needed to start up again, um, quite frankly, I'm bored. I love the idea of being in Arkansas. <laughs> And I love the idea of doing remote things and, and being with my family and all. But there's a part of that. Uh, community that is a little far between here and so doing the radio show became uh, more of a desire to reconnect into the community in the way that I was but you know obviously on radio and um, you did a good matchmaking job Miss Cat I, I applaud you on that um, Deborah and I have been spending every week um, on the phone talking for months now and just, you know, getting to know each other. And um, we are taking the uh, show in a slightly different um, focus, but still obviously with, you know, magic and, you know, goddess and pagan and, you know, some hoodoo thrown in and a bunch of things (laughs) that, you know, we were doing before um, when I was with uh, Miss Phoenix. But, with our own flavor, and that was the reason why I really wanted to spend time talking and connecting with Deb because I felt um, we had to get that under, you know, that energy and mm-hmm. dynamics. So that's why I, I personally wanted to reboot it, and I'm going to let Deborah tell why she wants to do this because I feel there's also um, – her side of the story on that. So I turn it over to you, Deb. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Deborah. Um, I'm, um, I, I have to tell all of you that I am grateful just for this opportunity. It's very exciting to me. Um, I've been on other um, people's podcasts and shows and stuff like that. Um, and I, I love, um, talking about the things that excite me, um, you know, I, and I'm really looking forward to, to being able to do that um, on a weekly basis with Miss Elvira. I have really grown very fond and looking forward to our conversations every week. <laughs> and <laughs> we have talked about a lot of shit <laughs> over the last several months. <laughs> And um, and I love I've listened to the old shows and I I love the old shows they are phenomenal. If anybody out there has not listened to any of them, I would you know give them a uh, a go. Um, and I love that the show is gonna it's still gonna be about um, paganism and magic and spirituality, witchcraft and rituals and spells and um, but you know with another layer of focus. Um, going into um, just like transforming and affecting change within, you know, everyday life. 
And so I just, um, I, I, I am so in love with, um, with the whole process. And I feel like we're giving birth to a baby, <laughs> the 2.0 baby. <laughs> the 2.0. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna jump in and ask some questions here. I sure. know that the, um, the original show had several different formats. One format, which was very popular, was called the goddess of the week i don't know if you called it that but that's what i called it right mm-hmm. and you would do a, a deep dive into a um, prehistoric or classical historic goddess um, for instance uh, oh i don't know um isis or some someone like that it could be from uh the middle east it could be from egypt it could be from rome or greece it could be from uh, Northern Europe, Ireland, Scandinavia, and you would just do a show on them. And these were wonderful, informative shows, and they really uh, attracted a lot of people. So the other type of show that you did was about the tools and um, traditions of paganism, particularly witchcraft, so there would be things like a, a show on uh, brooms or a show on cauldrons or a show on magic mirrors. Those were very informative to me because I knew about the goddesses, frankly, but I didn't know about all the way that these tools are used. And the third kind of show that you guys did was Ask a Witch. And that was the most free-flowing and probably the one that most people had fun with. So my question to you, are you going to be retaining any of these formats <laughs> well yes and modified so i think um we mm. were discussing the ask a witch that we wanted to continue that um we are oh, good. actually we have a, a little bit of a modification <laughs> um that deb brought up and i thought it was very um intriguing so there is that. Um, the fact that we are going to we're going to add the layer of the um, psychology behind magic. So not just what this tool is and it's a practical point of reference of how to use it, but the next layer behind that. So we've set up a lot of the shows between now and the end of the year with sort of our preliminary foundation we're going to build on, and then we'll take it to the level with all of the items and even the use of the gods and goddesses um, in terms of that, because I believe both of us have this other layer of ourselves that we use in our own personal practice, but we use it with our clients and, you know, in the community. And I, I felt that that was the next level, but not necessarily to discard these others, but to weave it in with these others. So that's Mm -hmm. my, you know, my expression of answering your question, but giving you a better understanding of where, I mean, where we're going to take it beyond what we, what was already set up with um, Ms. Phoenix and myself. Deb, do you have anything you want to add to that? Um. Yeah, I think that um, we kind of kind of sketched out like the bones of what we wanted to dive into, and um, so that's kind of a little fluid. I'm sure it'll evolve as we go along. Um, mm. 
But, um, yeah, I had um, different thoughts about, like, um, the Ask a Witch does sound like a lot of fun. Um, the other thing I kind of thought about is um, that I was listening to, I can't even remember what it was, but um, they there was a format I was listening to that had a thing where people would um, send in, like if there was a certain uh, topic, they might have had an experience with that topic. And so maybe they would send in like a little blurb, a little story about whatever their experience was and, uh, and to be shared with um, on the show. And so um, that was something that we kind of toyed around with talking about. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm feeling like um, just kind of like looking into the deeper aspects of magical practice um, as we mm. go along, but still, you know, having lots of fun and talking about, you know, just the things that are um, that that are the most interesting topics in magic. So I'm going to yeah. ask a question. When you talk about the deeper aspects, there are mm-hmm. people to whom the deepest aspect for them is, do you cut or tear the paper? No. Or uh-huh. do you, no, really, I mean, that's very important to them. Uh-huh. Uh, um, right. Or the deepest aspect may be, um, why is hyssop not the same as rue? Or mm-hmm. the deepest aspect may be, do I have to pray to Jewish angels when I'm actually Buddhist? Those are deep aspects, but they're not Mm -hmm. what you're Uh talking about. These are the questions that we get at the Lucky Mojo Forum day in and day out. Mm -hmm. We're just there cheerfully answering those questions and have been for mm, many, many, many times, a long, long time. And that forum started (laughs) in 2003 as a Yahoo group. So we're up to 20 years of answering those questions. But (laughs) you're talking about something deeper. I'd like an um, an example, maybe. Are you talking about sure. people um, who under, need to undergo a, a serious life change? Like, in many cases, in my opinion, magic is just a Band-Aid on a sore that doesn't heal. You know, we'll change okay. the dressing, but, you know, the mm-hmm. sore is still there. For instance, I'm still with that partner who's an alcoholic. And I can try this and I can try that, but as long as I'm in this relationship and codependent mm-hmm. with this alcoholic, all you're mm-hmm. doing is sort of just, you know, what they say, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And right. so the, the deeper aspect is working on yourself. But that becomes psychology. But the problem is not all psychology is friendly to people from a pagan lifestyle. Right. Do you understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So are you um, going to be talking about some of those, when you say a deeper look, are you talking about mm-hmm. some of the real structural life changes that people need to make? I would say that may come in, but more likely it's, you know, like, for mm-hmm. instance, a topic we're going to have, you know, uh, is going to be for the month will be principles of magic. And then we'll, we've got it segmented to symbols, vibration, correspondences, um, and go into that. Or, <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. possibly um, spiritual paradoxes, you know, division mm-hmm. or unity, 
wedding surrendering, letting go, as you know, mm, the um, law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. the idea, like when you explain to someone, well, it's time, you know, to, you know, do this. And the best thing to do is, and again, I think you and I have, we've all experienced this, is to say, it's time for you to let it go. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I want to do more magic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's understandable. Um, but mm-hmm. there is a... Um, a magic to surrendering and letting go. And then yes. it kind of, it works itself out. And we as humans have a hard time letting go of anything as, you know, mm. conditioned <laughs> as we are. So um, that's the kind of thing we're going to do. And that's, as I say, we've got it set up so that it's foundation and then we can take, and as we get accustomed to working together and accustomed to, you know, how we're doing the show, then we can reincorporate, you know, working with a goddess, a specific goddess. You know, obviously both mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Deb and I are very fond of um, Hecate. <laughs> so, you know, our Hecate. And so, you know, she is, you know, the keeper of the crossroads and the keys and she's got all these wonderful things. And we can then take what we're talking about here and applying mm-hmm. it in that way to, you know, the goddess and how to work with that particular goddess or, you know, make it more, um, mm-hmm. make it more in depth and, and beyond just, well, I'm going to light a black candle and I'm going to make a prayer. And I understand those are really good and those are powerful mm-hmm. into itself. But then there's this other part that you, you need to sit in to make it more empowered to do the work you're looking to get done. Mm-hmm. So, so Deb, uh, okay, uh, uh, um, Contraman, do you have any questions here about this? Yeah, this is this is incredibly fascinating. I'm very excited to to see this uh, revived. Um, you you talk, for example, about the the deeper questions that that you're going to be asking me, and that is incredibly fantastic. Um, as new students come to your show, what are some things that they can expect? Uh, maybe you can mention some potential topics that you want to cover or, or future episodes, tease them a little bit. Um, will you be going over specialized techniques uh, or prayers or in addition to, to sort of these the deeper conversations? What can a, a newcomer expect from the show? Deb, I'm going to hand that to you. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, well, um like for instance, um, our um, July theme is going to be about power and empowerment. Um, so um, I think on the first show it'll be kind of an intro talking about who we are and what the 2.0 show um, will be about, um, and then doing like a short topic on the you know personal power and how. Um, and maybe you know, ending like a, a ritual to um, to come into that awareness about your personal power. Um, and then on um, the 18th, we'll be um, doing a show about aspecting, and that's about drawing in the power of the goddess or the god or whichever mm-hmm. um, higher type power that you're uh, that you're working with. Um, and then the um, last show in July, we're going to be talking about power that's outside of yourself, which is 
related to aspecting, but it's about calling upon others for aid. And so that might be um, angels or saints, um, ancestors, or it might be the mundane in the physical world, one to know, one to ask for help. Um, and so I, I think as we go along, there's um, a, fair, a few shows that we're, we're, we are directly um, talking more about the goddess or the higher aspects. Um, like in the aspecting show, um, there's also um, in October we're going to be doing like the underworld dark goddess of transformation. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, in December, I'm kind of excited about that one because I, I wrote an article recently, or I wrote a couple articles for this local magazine, and um, one of them was about the Divine Feminine. And then, you know, that was in May, Mother's Day. And then the next, you know, in June, I wrote about um, the Divine Masculine. And it was it was a, quite an experience for me because I could find stuff about, you know, resources, about information, about the Divine Feminine, all over the place. <laughs> but when I looked to the divine masculine, it was like crickets. <laughs> there was like, and I really <laughs> had to dig to find information on that. And I was so glad that I did because it was, I learned a lot by that. And that, you know, and so that's going to be one of our topics later on, um, how to tap into that divine masculine. Um, oh, fascinating. And just, I'd, I'd like to ask <laughs> a question about aspecting of deities, because this is something that is um, found in a number of religions, but not found in a number of other religions. And um, will you be teaching, now for those who don't know, maybe we should just start off, could you explain Mm -hmm. aspecting first, just briefly? Sure, should I go? Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, (laughs) aspecting is... um, it's well. I guess you could could call it a type of possession, uh, where you're calling that energy to um, to come down. Oh, well, you can actually do an evocation of it, which is to call that energy to you, or you can do an invocation where you would call that energy to enter to come into you. And there's a matter of degree with that. Um, a lot of people that are Wiccan or into witchcraft might be familiar with the process of drawing down the moon and so Mm -hmm. that's when you would you know do that ritual to pull down the lunar energy uh the lunar goddess um down into yourself and that's that's aspecting um but there's you know other many many other deities and other entities that you can do that with um so so then i would even um uh, that sounds like a show that would be very interesting. Are you going to um, give examples of how to do it? I mean, teach people how it's done? Or is it something that can only be discussed, but then must be taught by a, a certified or licensed priest or priestess? Personally, no, I, I think... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go, go ahead, ahead Elvira. I've been talking. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I was trying to, you know, just sort of... Um, it would be something that I, well, and this will become where, you know, Deb and I are going to be like Phoenix and I, where we will have issues or we will see different things different ways. And that's part of, you know, the people listening to the show is you get different 
positions and that is, mm-hmm. you know, incredibly healthy. So, you you know, we're not always going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and the other person going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my sense is, is that what would be the case to try and teach someone how to do it over the radio would be um, the bare bones. And I would say that it would be something that what would be, in my opinion, uh, better done in a more imp- in, in a personal way with someone, um, you know, in a group with that dynamic, mostly because you're dealing with sacred space and you're dealing with a con- you know an area that becomes sacred that you learn in, as opposed to you know just going out and doing it. It's not to say you it's impossible to. We teach ourselves a lot of things with. Um, what is now in the on the internet, and a lot of it is very good. So mm-hmm. I would probably say, for me, I would look at it as um, a beginner, you know, like training wheels on little uh, setup that we might do at the end, and then with you know the things that uh, we disclaim saying, and for a better, deeper value, it would be something to find a, you know, someone who is a practitioner, a, a priest, a priestess that can work with you on a very, you know, intimate, deep level to do that. I hand it over to you, Deborah. <laughs> well, that, that um, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of going on my experience. I think that that if you have those resources, that's wonderful that to be able to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'll tell you what, with a lot of my magical experience, I feel like maybe I'm just a dumb Aries, you know, I'm like a triple fire. And so I go plowing into things a lot of times. And um, I think I just, <laughs> I actually, the first time I did aspecting, I think I did it almost um, kind of incidental or accidentally, <laughs> Um, and so, and so that, you know, um, might be just a, a little different style that is not for everybody. Would you, would you say that, um, what, the, what people are going to get by listening into the show is a little bit of a peek into both of yours personal practice, <laughs> the way you interface with the divinities that you work with, the type of spiritual practice. It's a way for them to really understand not just the tradition at a sort of theoretical level, but to see how it is part of your life. Would, would, would that be yeah. a, the correct approach? Okay. Yes. 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 And Very you know, I'm excited so. about that because I like that we are different and we all bring, you know, our different experiences and our different viewpoints, you know, to the table. And I think that's kind of exciting instead of just, you know, um, just having, you know, the same meal all across the table. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got yeah. a question. A question that came out of the chat. Um, this is for Deb. Name of the shows of similar type she's been on. You mentioned having been oh, on a, yeah. uh, somebody else. Sure, I've been on uh, Lucky Mojo uh, Radio Hour before, and I've been on um, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places. And then I've been on a local show here um, that um, that you can stream on Facebook that's called Witchy Wednesdays. And I have been on there about once a month for the last um, 
last number of months um, with me and my sister Sharon, uh, Sharon Blandino, um, and just talking about witchy things. And um, that's almost that's like a um, that's a videotape show, so you can actually see us. Um, we're sitting at the table there talking. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Then we can look up Witchy Wednesdays and find you there. Um, yeah. I I have a, a another. Oh, it's with um, Sharon Blandino. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I have an, another question for the two of you. Uh, I know that the original run of Witch Priestess in the Cauldron was very beginner friendly, newbie friendly, young uh, mm-hmm. witch in training friendly. Are you going to be um, targeting a more mature witchy audience, or are you going to still have things on that are sort of entry-level ideas? Hmm. Deb, go for it. I'll sure. take second okay. care on it. <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm hoping is that um, I think that a lot of the things we do talk about are advanced, um, but I want to be able to um, bring the topics about so that um, practitioners of any level would be able to um, enjoy it or get some information out of it um, that will be helpful to them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we also it, have a, no, a number of other members of air who identify as pagan um, or primarily pagan or, you know, multicultural slash pagan. And um, that brings up the question, will you be having guests on the show? Ah, this is the part we are still (laughs) working on. I think, yes, but not to begin with. Of course, you need to get your own feet under you. Yeah, we we need um we need a little bit more time to get comfortable in the medium as I said to Deb the other night. I've been off the radio for almost two and some odd months, almost two and a half, and so it's not that I am not going to be able to do anything, but it's getting back in the swing of it and being able mm-hmm. to feel more comfortable. We also um have a new cauldron. So it may be that we will have with that a more if we can we can work more with <laughs> getting another person on other than ourselves and having you know the the next level of people coming and talking. So that also comes into play for me to look at as where we're going. So I would say give us through till the end of the year to get our feet under us so that we know you know how to handle this whole process and then, you know, go from there. So, yeah, well, it's funny because right when I said, you know, that there are other people in air who are identified as pagan, Papa G joined the conversation. It showed up here at blog talk. And then he posted, (laughs) I've been writing about it lately and would love to hear more about witchcraft from around the world and how it differs. British witchcraft, Scottish, et cetera. And I'm going to throw in here. um, And, and, and again, my, my fun pal, Conjurman will get this. So when I found mm-hmm. out that that um, Prigozhin was a Rodnover, I didn't even know what Rodnoveri was, or that there was a god named Rod, or that that mm-hmm. Russia and Ukraine had all these pagans reviving Slavic paganism. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and then and then it entered, and I found out about it through the 
freaking Manchester Guardian when this guy staged this putsch. <laughs> I hope that makes you laugh, Contraband. Um, but I was, uh, I, I was yeah. laughing, but I was muted. <laughs> You're laughing but muted. Okay, well, that's a whole new category, laughing while muted. But in any case, um, that's, that is something that Papaji brings up here. There are so many forms of paganism. And that brings up the whole other thing, which is paganism and nationalism. And, um, oh, yes, and I'm so old, I still called it the Manchester Guardian. I'm sorry. It is the Guardian <laughs> now, not no longer the Manchester Guardian. Um, but, um, yeah, um, the, the idea of uh, patriotism and nationalism in the service mm-hmm. of... Um, of uh, war is a, is a whole interesting issue in and of itself, and I hope you guys cover that issue. I've been yeah, I took yeah. a deep dive, mm-hmm. a deep dive into the. Uh, wow, I just I'm just gonna say I hope I hope you do a show on this because it is <laughs> something I was completely unprepared for, especially the fact that some of these um, these Rodnevers, the, the, the most um, extreme ones, are conspiracy theorists who believe that Jews are criminal hybrids of aliens from outer space with humans. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, oh. Yeah, yeah, this is a whole pagan religion, Whoa. folks. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's probably Okay, now, I, that's something I don't probably, really... Yeah, sorry. I think that Miss um, Kat's talking about uh, um, the Rodney variant there. It's probably the most conservative neo-pagan movement in Europe. In really? history, oh, maybe. Yes. Well, since, yeah, yeah, you know, not since, since the Volkischer movement. <laughs> since the Volkischer movement, yeah. I mean, we mean more like in late, late 20th, 20th century, after the, the Volk movement, yeah, without a doubt. But, yeah, you can definitely see it. Their altars are, are quite fascinating. Um, Beautiful. I seeing one. Lots huh. of horns and bowls and stuff like that. But, they're an, they're, but there's a really interesting topic to be had about um, the way in which uh, neo-paganism has emerged as both a site of resistance uh, for, for example, women against patriarchal religions as a way of reclaiming mm-hmm. feminine power, mm-hmm. but yeah. also simultaneously as a site of reinforcing nationalistic patriotic power that we often ah. see in certain first sort of Germanic and Slavic manifestations of it, of, of the sort oh, of, of the Volk. So there's like this really fascinating tension of both liberation and, and, mm-hmm. and sort of conservatism there that, that, that can be really explored. And I think that's what it's tapping into here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. And, and exactly. You you are such a good teacher, Contra, and that's exactly what I was trying to say. And you said it so much better than I did. I was just left going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right? And you did it. It's a paganism as a tool of resistance against patriarchal capitalism, and paganism as a way of enforcing um, hateful conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and ultimately patriarchalism. But not so much. Oh in the no! Yeah. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is the thing that has always been um, endemic in paganism, mm-hmm. and has caused people like me to kind of uh, crunch our shoulders up a little bit and say, "Don't hit me," you know, um, mm-hmm. because it really is a part of of some paganism, but not all. And then, of course, there's totally welcoming, you know, mother goddess paganism. It's just like so friendly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and you have to sort of wonder. Where what is paganism, and that would be a question I'd love to see you guys yes. do a survey. Ooh. So Papa G, um, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Papa G says he's an Episcopagan. I love that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that, and that that really does raise another. That raises a question because I mean these are such fascinating topics, and um, this show is something that really is, is going to fill a, a, a void, if you will, in digital space mm-hmm. because they, these aren't conversations mm-hmm. that are being had. I mean, just the discussion of of aspecting deities, but also the construction of, of the divine masculine, as you rightly pointed, these are things that you're just not going to find mm-hmm. uh, online. And so I think this really fills a gap. Uh, one of the other things I would be interested in, of course, there's no pressure to actually do these topics, but I, I'd be really curious if you would be uh, having discussions with non-pagan witches, uh, witches that exist, mm-hmm. for example, in folk Christianity uh, and mm-hmm. in, uh, folk folk Judaism and these different religions that have witchcraft practices but may not necessarily have a pagan cosmology. Um, so mm-hmm. like a more, an approach mm-hmm. towards witchcraft that is global, as Papa G is, is talking about, and looking at both the polytheistic and uh, monotheistic manifestations of witchcraft that exist, and what, are there differences there? Similarities in magical technique, <laughs> differences in magical yes. technique. It'd be really, really kind of productive to see how there's commonality and difference between them. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that is yeah. That you've got my little brain going all over the place with <laughs> stuff that you yeah. have been this talking is, well, about. This that, is, yeah. This is important <laughs> stuff, and um, Balkan Diviner is in the chat, and Balkan Diviner often brings us wonderful things about Balkan magic, but I don't know whether Balkan Diviner is a pagan or a <laughs> member of an Orthodox you know, a Christian sect or whatever. I mean, I don't know. But um, the intersection between magic and paganism is not always clear. Oh, and by the way, in the chat, and since you guys are not in the chat, we're going to have to remedy that. You're going to have to be able to get into your own chat. Um, uh, there is, besides the Episcopagans, there are the um, Jew witches and the Jew Wiccans. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, okay. um, there's a, there's a, around here on the West Coast, and, and of course, Jew Wiccans and Jew witches are two different things, right? Elvira, you know that. Uh-huh. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are also Judists who are Jewish Buddhists, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, but <laughs> there's, huh. there's, you know, if it can be divided, human beings will divide it. There are the lumpers and the splitters. Oh. And I tend, I tend to try to hew between the lumbers and the splitters. I try not to become extremely mm-hmm. one or the other. But mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is so obvious as as paganism has matured as mm-hmm. a religious um, field, I guess you could say, the, the divisions mm-hmm. between it are very great. Uh, not Shiva and um, James and Papa Newt and I worked on a site map for the air website. If you haven't been to the AIR website in the last uh, week, you owe yourself a favor. Go down there and look. And on the left-hand directory, under the names and under the churches where it says main page, underneath it, there's something new called site map. And this never existed before. And this shows all of the hundreds and hundreds of pages at AIR in a nested site structure. And what we realized when we began working on this was that certain areas were very well developed. Of course, hoodoo is the primary interest at air, but there are 
multicultural bits. I mean, we have um, a, a tremendous amount of information on Christianity, Judaism, and yep. Islam. Yep. Um, in the site, but also other things, spiritualism and other, and other things. But what I noticed, what I realized was that in looking at the uh, at the site map, yes, we had Hellenic paganism, we had Kemetic paganism, we had um, uh, Roman paganism, we had Celtic, Druid, and and Scandinavian paganism. Yes, we <laughs> but we did not mm-hmm. have Slavic paganism because we didn't even know mm-hmm. it existed until. The day before yesterday. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. So, I hope that your show draws in more more pagans mm-hmm. and draws in more mm-hmm. of these short, informative articles to air mm-hmm. so that air can better serve mm-hmm. people. I, I yeah. should say, Kat yeah. is, uh, is, is being a, a little modest here with uh, <laughs> the air web pages because if I'm, if I'm being real – Outside of Papios, mm-hmm. which is sort of this sort of hosting site for a lot of religious conversation that sometimes includes paganism, I would say the AIR mm-hmm. website is probably one of the largest central hubs for spirituality online. I mean, from, from, from mm-hmm. paganism to the oh, suras to, to, to the Psalms, it's pretty remarkable. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. one of the things that makes it successful is people like yourself having these conversations that then spark further research. People can come to your show as maybe having no background whatsoever, learn about Mm -hmm. these topics, and then that opens them up to researching and learning more. And maybe in turn, that Mm -hmm. produces contribution. They write articles themselves (laughs) about things they've learned about paganism (laughs) or the things they've learned about their deities or their folk practices and then in turn what this creates is a is a dialogue and that is the best form of learning that type of forum mm-hmm. dialogue conversation is so much better than the lecturing style we think of like in yeah. universities so i am a big <laughs> mm-hmm. proponent of the this sort of conversation you're having online and i'm excited mm-hmm. to see what will be sparked from it like what will it produce will it produce new shows and spin-offs will it produce new articles that air what will come mm-hmm. out of of these conversations is, is really exciting <laughs> to think about Papa G just put into the chat something he wrote. So sad that Witchbox closed because there were so many articles. Mm. And however, yeah. using the Wayback Machine. And I agree. Mm-hmm. And I never found out, Papa G, why Witchbox shut down. It had a huge um, readership, and I was a reader mm. and and not a pagan at all. So Me I am too. very curious as to um, why Witchbox closed down. Does anyone know? Uh, nobody knows. Actually, no, no, no. That is a really good question. I, I, I don't know, um, but yeah, I. But I would like, you know, I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see the air site grow to include more of this. And mm-hmm. we don't only accept um, donations of text or writing from uh, members of air. We have outside mm-hmm. people write articles too. So if you have a, if you have an mm-hmm. interest in writing, and under the sound of my voice, just um, drop us a line and see what we can. Uh, we'd be glad to post some good writing on paganism because I realized, as I said, we're short in that. We've fallen short in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, well, that's something that we will look forward to doing as mm-hmm. we begin to move forward on, on our adventure, because um, yeah. I think both of us 
would like to see more of that, you know, that we could put out more in that field, mm-hmm. um, in air. Just as, a, yeah. just as an example, because I like to deal with concrete things that can be written up in three paragraphs. At air, mm-hmm. we have the wheel of the year. But guess who wrote it? I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I was friends with a woman named Fern Campbell who was a, a witch, and she taught me about the Wheel of the Year, and I wrote it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those old shows, Elvira, that you did um, with Phoenix on brooms and, and mirrors, we're rebroadcasting them now. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I don't have time to transcribe what you all said and boil it down into three paragraphs. But just think what a contribution that would be to talking about those things in the same way that we've talked about uh, Buddhist, <laughs> we've talked about Jewish. Why don't we have enough pagan stuff in here? Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. And, you know, mm-hmm. the challenge is there. We'll see how well we can <laughs> rise to the occasion. <laughs> well, remember, there's always, there's always um, apps that will take your voice and turn it into printed text. <laughs> Mm. So that my you... year is what I look forward to <laughs> finding and using more often. I've done the the the, the one they have for um, a couple of the, the the Google things and stuff, and it you gotta be careful because it takes things into a whole new point of reference that you may never mm. have expected to have printed <laughs> from what you were saying. Oh yeah, you have to edit it. I know that. Oh I know that. yeah, you got. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Reverend Art says, hello, Kalanish 3, not knowing that Kalanish 3 is actually our own dear beloved Elvira. <laughs> yes, well, it turned out that they wouldn't let my uh, other one was deactivated, and I couldn't reactivate it. I couldn't get it going, and that's why I was having such a hard time today, so I had to go ahead and use another one. So Kalanish It, it is... shows how far back we go that I still remember Kalanish, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. isn't that yes. like um, a decade yes. and a half at this point? <laughs> well, for you. We, we're we're going to go 15 plus years, dear. Yeah. That's a long yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. There's a, and actually... Uh, should... <laughs> I just want to bring, bring up here that... Um, this is a show about hoodoo, and we do take a very global approach and talk about global folk traditions. Uh, we've talked about uh, Chinese astrology and divination, which is like really freaking cool. Um, and neo-paganism in of itself a very interesting topic, but we should also point out that there's a really long and, and beautiful relationship between hoodoo and neo-paganism and we've mm-hmm. seen for example black mm-hmm. neo-pagans and black americans joining pagan spaces and finding mm-hmm. uh, inclusive spaces <laughs> for them to participate in in fact uh so i uh, i have a very different trajectory than a lot of people who, who come into to magic in america i my approach to magic didn't come vis-a-vis wicca or or neo-paganism um, I was in my family tradition and then found hoodoo very early on. I was adopted. But the very first root workshop that I went to in um, Virginia, this is, we're not going to say how long ago this was, but it was just a couple <laughs> decades. Um, uh, but I remember going, time I actually saw an image of Hecate and the, the three-faced goddess was actually in a hoodoo shop. It was a small oh, wow. statue, and I remember asking them, so who is this? 
And this, the the woman who was the proprietor was a mm-hmm. is a Pentecostal Christian, speaking in tongues, oh. holding snakes type of Christian. Oh. And she said, "Oh, that's that's the Mother Goddess." And there was uh-huh. no conflict there for her. She was uh-huh. a devout Christian who also venerated the Mother Goddess. So that was actually the first I time that. I encountered. Neo-paganism. Oh, the mother goddess is really interesting. It was actually at a voodoo shop. And so there's a long (laughs) tradition of black uh, neo-pagans and 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 a relationship between hoodoo and neo-paganism, the two often Mm -hmm. finding uh, inclusivity with each other. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think the goddess in the conjure shop should be the title of some young adult fiction. Oh, that's a good title. I like <laughs> Isn't that a good title? The, the goddess, goddess in the conjure shop. I like it. Yeah. 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 It's about it's about two <laughs> girls who meet, one white, one black, exploring shyly their lesbianism. Perfect. Oh. Right there. there you go. Right there. <laughs> there. Uh, it's it's a, a hit. A, a flirtation between, between neo paganism and hoodoo. I love it. And, yeah. and then it'll get banned yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Papa G says, oh, writing now, almost finished. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Papa G, if you write it, I'll publish it. Yeah, Kat needs, oh, we need to get Kat some royalties, though. We need to get Kat some royalties for that title <laughs> and the idea. No Make kidding. it a graphic no novel. <laughs> <laughs> and all this idea. from just what we're talking about. Look at how fertile it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So. <laughs> well, I'm we'll really looking nickering. forward to the show. I I think it's going to be wonderful to have it back on the air. And now that we do these placard advertisements and social media I think that more listeners are aware of what we are doing and and uh, you know it used to be you had to kind of go to the Lucky Mojo Forum to even find out that there were such a thing as shows and so I want to make mm-hmm. a big shout out to Nagashiva who just busts his ass every week making these placards for the Crystal Silence League and for mm-hmm. um, the old witch priestess and cauldron syndicated we call them now in syndication mm-hmm. in, I'm syndicated and, okay and, and yeah, and to Reverend Art, um, you know, for um, uh, doing his own placards. Thank gosh <laughs> for for his yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's exciting. We are going to be putting it on um, Tuesdays, and we're doing it now. Obviously, mm-hmm. since um, Deb and I are Central Time, and I know that everything kind of gets put into beginning of Pacific time. Um, we're working on putting it in at um, 7 o'clock our time, which would be 5 o'clock Pacific time. And um, Nakashiva and uh, we are basically working that out. But that is the, and the tentative first show will be on the 11th of July. 7-11. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Oh, anything else yeah. you'd like to ask us? I know that we're getting close to the time when we are transitioning, but I don't know. Oh, that sounds so dreadful. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'm not quite ready for transitioning. No, I'm not ready for transitioning yet. Um, <laughs> 
Well, I I do want to say that um, I look forward to um, continued uh, ideas from you guys. The psychological aspect of magic, we just barely touched on that. For instance, um, what does it mean to do a ritual as opposed to mm-hmm. to do a private prayer? What does it mean to be a solitary versus in a group? Psychologically, not everyone is fit for every form of work, you know. And then you mm-hmm. also have this upcoming series on the forms of magic, you know, the doctrine of signatures and the and contact magic, contagious magic, mm-hmm. you might want to call it sympathetic magic. Those are things that everyone needs to know, not just pagans. Those are things yeah. about all forms of magic and are very important topics. And uh, so I'm very glad to see you're going to be uh, going through those as well. Yeah. And I think one of the, the really great um, elements of this, if I can say so, is that ritual work with deities is something that people don't always know. Because they don't quite understand, they're not necessarily trained or raised in in, in in a society that teaches them that, we're often quite disconnected from, from ritual, right? Our rituals are very secular in, in modern America. Um, but they, mm-hmm. their introduction to ritual work around deities is almost non-existent. So I think even talking about that, about how to perform things like aspecting with the deity or, or ritual work around a goddess, mm-hmm. it's going to be so important for beginners who are just coming to this yes. and really don't have any resources uh, that will yes. walk through, talk to mm-hmm. them through how to do ritual work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That's a good and point. I, I, I just remember um, some – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, well, I was just thinking as <laughs> as Kanjami was talking, I was just thinking about, you know, in years past, um, when I um, got more into witchcraft um, in the 90s and you know, moving forward, it's like I was solitary. I did a lot of things with my sister, Sharon, but we began searching because we really wanted to find a group, a coven, you know, to do rituals with and we it was really hard to find anybody and at that time we did find a group but what we found out after we joined the group was that they didn't really know how to do rituals either and so me and me and Sharon my sister just kind of started devising our own rituals and then we formed our own group <laughs> our own coven at that time um and so yeah I, I can understand where people that are new to ritual um, would really need that information. Um, and so that would be like wonderful to, to talk about those aspects of bringing in, you know, people that are searching for things that they haven't been experienced with. Um, All oh, right. I hear the music. There's our music. <laughs> Transitioning music. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> go, go ahead, announcer man. <laughs> Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics the first psychic line run entirely by hoodoo practitioners. 
Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. However, they haven't dialed in today. No, because they're from Romania, and we're going to read their question. Yes, we will. So our reading today is for Alex Xavier, who is from Patrilla, Romania. And they write, I want a general reading for the remaining months of this year. I'm a man, Mm. Capricorn, with Virgo in rising. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to break with tradition, and because we have two guests, our two guests will be our two readers. So do you want to flip a coin, gals? Which one of you goes first? It's it's just a general reading for the remainder of the year. Okay. Well... Deb, what's up? Do you want to go first or you want me? Sure. I'm going to leave it on your dis- your door. Well, which one's an Aries? Which one's an Aries? I'm She's an Aries. An Aries. I'm a Sag, so beautiful. Yes. I'm willing to go second. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Aries goes first. I'm, sa- I'm Sag rising, but I am an Aries. Sometimes. There you go. Let me just take a look here. All right. So this is for Alex Xavier and to see how the rest of the month is going to go. Okay. So, oh, oh, okay. I'm laying down four cards, and um, the first card that I laid down has got to be one of the most positive cards in my little tarot deck here, and it's the sun. And the sun is... um, it shows a, a little kid riding on a horse uh, with a banner flying next to him and the sun shining above him. And there's a bunch of little sunflowers in the, in the back. And so this is just from the first card here. This is telling me that things are, um, this is a very optimistic card. Um, it's a very um, much a card about happiness and fulfillment, um, and good luck. And so this is a, a good beginning to this little reading here. The next card that I pulled is the Eight of Wands. And this indicates fast forward movement. You can see that there's like eight wands flying through the air. And um, they're up in the sky and moving quickly. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going on. And it's going to be happening very, very quickly. Um, sometimes maybe a, a little too quickly, but good news is that card is followed up by the King of Pentacles. And the King of Pentacles is um, telling me that um, with all this sunshine and rapid movement, um, there's going to be some good grounding going on. This is a, uh, a very powerful uh, but grounded leader or situation. Um it's telling me that um, there's um, some stability, uh, wisdom, and prosperity coming your way. And I pulled one more card, and that's the Three of Pentacles. And the Three of Pentacles 
it shows three people. Um, they're inside like a church or um, some kind of a special building, and there's three pentacles on the uh, top of this pillar, and they're like discussing and working on on building um, this place. And so this is about building a foundation. Um, it's also about working as a team and networking. Um, it's showing that your hard work is coming together to form a, a successful outcome. Um, and just showing, you know, that putting that the work you've been putting in is is building a strong foundation. And so um, mm-hmm. this is um, generally positive. You know, it's got the sun got some rapid movement with the wands, but then the king of pentacles and the three of pentacles showing um, some good wisdom, firm standing, and building a good, a good strong foundation. So whatever um, projects you might be working on, it looks like they're going to be going very well. Wonderful. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Well, let's see, Elvira, what you have to say as far as your reading for the next six okay. months. The next six months. Okay. So what I have right now is um, you've got the world and the Queen of Cups. So I would say at this point that there is a dance that you're doing with a woman or the feminine energy that is um, part of what Deb just said, which is the masculine, the, the, the king of pentacles. So it may be something in your own personal life or it could be work that you're dealing with. I would tell you with the next ones, it's definitely personal. You've got the Empress and the Ten of Cups. So I see that there is uh, a movement in the next few months to go into a more harmonious uh, relationship with um, a female. Uh, Obviously, the Empress is, you know, Venus. It's it's a lot of, it's the creative mother. Um, I feel that there is... My goodness, you've got a lot of love cards here. Um, you kept the Knight of Cups. Um, so there again, you know, and I have a feeling that what's coming to me right now more than anything is there may be a, um, there's more of a feeling here that there is something creative starting to flow in your life. And even though you've got a lot of female cards here that show love, it you know the the ten of cups tends to be more of a connection family harmony uh and that idea there may be also a part of who you are that's going to start developing and that again goes back to um the eight of wands something moving forward in a more swift fashion in a creative sense in a very um artistic feminine uh, process because the second part of what i'm reading for the latter part of the year is you have the two of swords and the king of wands which means there's some kind of decision that you are going to be needing to make around a in interaction with an older man and at this point i feel that it may be more to do with money since you've got the five of pentacles and the uh, six of swords so there's an there may be a individual that you're dealing with either in a business format or some nature of that 
point of reference. And it does, the Six of Swords is in my deck. It's not necessarily a bad card. It actually just means going on down the river on your own. So you may have to be more uh, independent about what you feel and how you put it together. And ultimately, there is some kind of, when I say legal, it's the justice card. It's Libra. So if I'm looking at that as a timing, that would sort of be, you know, uh, October, November kind of process um, in terms of that, that you have uh, some kind of financial Ace of Pentacles offer made that you need to look at contracts. Um, so for me, what I, I get out of all of this and the, the final card is the Four of Pentacles is some kind of property. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we all think of real estate as property, but, you know, creative items, you know, our property, whether it's a script or it's a book or it's an art piece. And I feel that somewhere in this is very much that energy that culminates in the end of the year. So that's what I'm getting. <laughs> wow. That was a, how many cards did you use, Elvira? Was that a complete Celtic cross or something? 12. I know I used 13 cards but I didn't oh necessarily my. do it as a Celtic cross. I never do Celtic crosses. It never works for me. I just let uh, the cards oh. sort of talk to me. And I pulled oh, down. that's right. I remember your layout. I remember you showing me your layout when we had yeah. the, the little red velvet mm-hmm. thing and you showed me your layout. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Yes, folks, yeah. that lady can read a lot of cards, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going to um, just pop in with one more thing before I turn this over to uh, Conjurement for the root work advice. But this is a very positive reading from two different readers. So the main thing here is that there are changes that are going to come. They're going to involve love. They're going to involve artistry, and they may involve changing location. Is that how, is that a fair summary? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the feminine aspect of this is interesting because we have a male client who is gay, and so what we're talking here may be the inner feminine or working with a female uh, uh, leader, mentor, or teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or mother. Um, All right. I'm going to turn mm-hmm. this over to uh, Conjurman. Thanks for that. Uh, just a quick question, because I think I may have missed it in the beginning. Was the time frame this person is looking at six months or three months? What was it? Six months, the end of the year. Six months, the next, oh. the next six months. And the astrological signs, I heard Virgo rising, Virgo sun. Um, I think it's in here in the chat. Let me scroll back. Someone could Capricorn actually... with Virgo rising. Well, Capricorn yes. with Virgo rising. Uh, okay, the reason I, I asked you is... is uh, and Miss Cat will, will I mean, pick up on this pretty quickly, um, is because uh, Mars is going to be moving into Virgo uh, next month, uh, which means that Mars is going to be transiting this person's first house. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, and Mars is going to start, I think, July 11th is when you'll see Mars enter Virgo. Mars is not in the best place in Virgo. It's not the worst place for it, but it's not entirely good. It is a very disruptive uh, planet that will be moving through your first house while at the same time making an opposing aspect to Saturn in Pisces in your seventh house. 
Pisces generally represents LGBTQ figures, uh, uh, with Saturn there, probably someone who is older. So there's some type of tension that will probably come to be over through the month of July through August and early September, where you will find some type of uh, constraining and expansion at the same time. So think of a uh, pressure buildup that will happen between someone who is perhaps a potential partner, someone who is themselves LGBTQ, but a little bit older uh, than the person who is who's, uh, asked us this question. So just bear that in mind. That's a pretty heavy transit that'll happen for the, at least the next two months is Mars moving through your first house and will be opposing Saturn in the seventh house. You have the two malefics in very pivotal parts of your chart, and that's going to bring a little bit of tension. In fact, that might be the sort of older figure uh, that has been that was also seen in the reading. That would be that Saturn in Pisces, someone older. So uh, that that is something to be aware of. Just that particular two months. So strong tensions between Saturn and Mars there. That's what we call uh, funky astrological weather. Not bad because mm. neither Pisces nor Mars are in horrible positions uh, in their in the sign. Saturn has some dignity in Pisces in its first phase, and Mars is not too bad in, in uh, Virgo there. So just bear that in mind. That that's that's likely going to be a pretty strong tension. What I'm going to give is a root work that you can do over six months to ensure blessings in each month to cultivate the good and the joy and the blessings that we're seeing in these readings. What I want you to do is start on a Sunday. When the sun rises, set up a table in your home. This can be anywhere as long as it is a dedicated space. You can actually take some Florida water and lightly wash the table with it. Uh, it's a good rule. Florida water, I find, is pretty good to consecrate. Uh, spaces, uh, you're going to go ahead and wash this table with Florida water, let it dry real quickly, it's alcohol, dry very quickly, cover it with uh, a nice cloth uh, that is beautiful to you, that you look at and you feel beautiful. Make it, you don't need to make this look like a, like a, you know, some type of magical altar, you can make fit the aesthetic of your house. Your house, if your house is, for example, lots of earth tones, you can use an earth tone cloth. It's entire. You can use a white cloth, whatever you prefer, as long as you find it aesthetically pleasing. I want you to take a white plate, and on this white plate, I want you to put one master root, one John the Conqueror root, and one Samsa snake root. These are the three mastery and power roots that will bring mastery and power in all aspects of your life. Master root gives you domination over all things. It increases your skills and natural aptitudes. John the Conqueror root is uh, both virility and luck, particularly a type of luck in which things are effortless to you. And Samsung snake root is masculine power. You're going to place this on a white plate on top of that table. Next to it, you're gonna put a bottle of whiskey. If you're a person who doesn't drink or doesn't like whiskey, you can use Hoyt's cologne. Hoyt's cologne also works here as well. Then on this table somewhere else, you're gonna put a small bowl with Althea leaves in it and next to it, a cup of water. 
You're going to set this up. I would probably put the plate with the roots off to the left-hand side, the Althea bowl and cup of water on the right-hand side so that you have a nice little setup. And then in front of this, so that it sort of makes an inverted triangle, you're going to get a nice long uh, candle holder. They have these really cool candle holder plates that you can buy from like home goods stores and whatnot that are just sort of a long tray that can allows you to put those big candles in. I want you to get one of those that's nice and long. And what you're going to do is set up six white candles on this long tray so that the way that this altar looks like is that off to the left you have your roots in a, on, on a plate along with a bottle of whiskey or hoist cologne. On the right you have your bowl of Althea with a cup of water. And in front of you at the point of that up inverted or upside down triangle, you have this long plate with the six candles. And then what you're going to do is every month at the first light of the moon, you're going to take one of these white candles, anoint it with 7-Eleven holy oil. You're going to take a little bit of that whiskey or Hoyt's cologne and feed the roots. You're going to uh, spruce up the Althea, just stick your hand in and sort of uh, move the Althea around. And then light your candle and pray over it. Pray, Lord, as this moon begins, as this moon's light is shown, may I have a blessed month. Bring me all the good that is destined to me, all the joy that is destined to me, all that has been allotted to me in my destiny that is good and beneficial. I ask that it appears in my life swiftly. And let that candle burn down. Every week, you're going to refresh the water. Then it's going to, the water will start to evaporate. You're just going to clean out that little bowl, that cup, refresh the water. But every month at the first light of the moon, you're going to light that candle and feed those roots. And you're going to keep this going for six months. At the end of the six months, you're going to take the leftover candle wax buried in your front yard. You're then going to take everything off of your table, wash the table again with Florida water, and then reset up the table at the coming of the new year and start the process over again so that every six months you refresh this altar table and continue to bring good and joy in your life. That's my recommendation for you, an ongoing blessing work to cultivate the good every month. Wow. That's amazing. I love the the care and attention to taking down the altar prior to the new year. That's uh, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. Um, lovely. I, I very uh, strongly approve of that. Now, I'm going to uh, throw in a little bit of um, uh, ideas that I have based on some of the reading that was had about the sun and about these um, changes that were coming. Um, uh-oh, we're hearing someone shuffle cards very loudly. Hopefully they can do that quietly. Thank you. I sometimes feel like a kindergarten teacher. Please shuffle your cards <laughs> quietly, children. I apologize. Um, anyway, um, the the idea here of working with the moon and the sun is so important. And I would possibly add one thing to this, which is to get some solar talisman or some sun oil to wear on the body because of the uh, cards that were got that were so positive and full of value about um, enlarging your territory and changing and possibly moving even. Mm-hmm. All right. There is our music. 
And uh, now we're going to get our network schedule announcement and tritone, followed by free spells from Deborah Voigt and possibly one from Miss Elvira, too. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. It's time for our free spell segment from our special guests, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com and Deborah Voith of BewitchingBee.com. Here's Deb and Elvira. <laughs> Go for it, Deb. All righty. <laughs> okay, so here is a spell for new beginnings uh, and to bless a new venture in life. So what you will need is one orange candle, four yellow candles, a crown of success oil, blessing oil, some incense, uh, like either blessing or crown of success, and then the following herbs, deer's tongue leaf, angelica root, salmon seal root, and bay leaf. You'll also need a slip of paper and a pen and a mojo bag or a piece of cloth and some string. So to do the work for this, write your name seven times on the paper, then turn and write all of Psalm 23 over your names. Then dress the paper with the oil, in a quincunx and fold it towards you. Now, set that to the side and dress the orange candle with crown of success. Then place that orange candle in the center of your workspace and place the paper beneath the orange candle. Take the herbs and sprinkle them in a circle, clockwise going around the candle, and then dress the four yellow candles with blessing oil and place them around the orange candle in each direction. And um, so it'll end up forming a quincunx pattern with the five candles. So what I'll have you do then is light the orange candle in the center and say, may this new beginning be crowned with success. Then light the surrounding four yellow candles starting in the east. As you light each candle, say, may this new beginning be blessed from the east. Then light the south and say, may this new beginning be blessed from the south. Next, light the west, western candle and say, may this new beginning be blessed from the west. And then last, light the north candle and say, may this new beginning be blessed by the north. Allow the candles to burn all the way down, observing for signs as they burn. Then afterwards, take the name paper 
and any spell remnants of the herbs and wax and place them in the mojo bagger cloth. Um, then um, smoke the contents of incense while reciting Psalm 23 and then breathe into the bag before tying it shut securely. Then dress the corners of the bag with a little bit of the blessing or crown of success oil and then keep that bag concealed and carry it with you to draw blessings and success to your new beginning. Wow, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a very sweet and very uh, universal type of spell yeah. because it's not, it, it's, you know, simply directional. I love it. So, Elvira, can you give us your free spell? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, well, you need a large piece of white paper that you put down, and on top of this, you're going to take magnetic sand and draw a figure eight, putting in the center of the bottom figure eight a five-pointed pentagram facing up and in the top one a six-pointed star of David. What you will do is put your name paper in the center of each one separate and unto itself and two white candles, one on top of each name paper. You will then take um, for the bottom pentagram, the bottom right point, you'll put a pinch of rue and a black tourmaline. To the left, you will put a pinch of golden seal and hematite. The upper left will be a pinch of rose, a rose petal and a rose quartz. The pinch of, of allspice and pyrite to the upper right. And the one that is pointing to the tip of the down point of the star of David, you will put a pinch of ginger and amazonite. The one of the six pointed star that is on the Upper side, you'll put a pinch of margarine and a piece of chrysophase. You'll put to the top left um, on the bottom of that first triangle, the pinch of allspice and pyrite. To the right, a pinch of rue and black tourmaline. To the upper right, you'll put a pinch of golden seal and hematite. To the upper left, you'll put a rose petal and the rose quartz. On the top will be a pinch of ginger and amazonite. You will wait till the dark of the moon as this will be started on the dark of the moon for one lunar cycle through dark moon, full moon, dark moon. You will light your candle on a Sunday and you will continue to do one candle every Sunday through that cycle. When you're done, you will take the wax, the paper, the name papers, and um, on the bottom, you will put all the stones and herbs together in a blue bag, a blue um, flannel bag in the top. You'll do the same. And another blue flannel bag, you'll anoint the, uh, I, I missed I missed anointing the candle with blessing oils. I apologize. I'm trying to do this fast. And then you'll take both flannel bags and put them under your pillow and do another lunar cycle. And when you're done, you will put that on your altar or in a safe place because what you'll be doing is you'll be thinking, praying, using psalms for um, new beginnings and blessings to come in all the areas that you have put these um, items in. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. You, you two are great, and those are both really, really um, fantastic, intense. Yeah. And there's a graphic image page. See the URL in the chat. And um, yeah, wow, wow, guys. I do need right. to add one thing. These are for all of the different points are for um, health, money, um, love, plus, um, 
and um, success. So they all have the correspondences um, with that so that you have got all the areas covered. <laughs> wow. Nice. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, too, how all of our spells today involved very carefully crafted altar layouts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting thing. We're in the midst of an altar layout moment. I mean, because sometimes it's all mojo bags, you know, or whatever, a bath. But it's all altar layouts today. All right. Well, we managed to uh, get two guests, two free spells. I hope you all uh, get into the chat. If you're listening to this, you got to go find the chat. And it's all out there with all the ingredients so you don't have to hand copy it. All right. There's yeah. our music. And uh, I guess now we're going to have Reverend Art bring us our speech. And uh, the music could be a little louder. Yes, Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat, and thank you, Conjure Man, and thank you to Miss Elvira of Elvira.com and Deborah Voice of BewitchingBee.com for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Papa G of FolkMagicStudios.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us an Oracle Hour tutorial on Capnomancy, Divination with Smoke. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat by the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend Arts, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of a Memphis jug band playing the jug band waltz. Thanks, everybody, and good night. Thank you, Reverend Art. Thanks, everybody who's been in the chat. I haven't had time to call all your names, but you all know who you are. And um, I want to thank my dear husband for his air checks. We've been married almost uh, 25 years now, and he didn't know that I'm addicted to radio and television air checks. Well, so it is, and such it will always be. I have a thing for air checks. So thank you, Nagashiva, for a beautiful air check today. You are my beloved, and I love you so much. All right, and now he's giving me a countdown. This is so pro. So, folks, if you are around on July 1st, come on out. We're running trains for the first time since COVID. Um, Oh, wow. And... uh, And Papa G says you're going to be reading The Smoke of a Marlboro next week. Well, some of us may read The Smoke of an Incense Stick. (laughs) I hope (laughs) we don't all have to read cigarettes. All right. Good night, all. Good night, all. Good night.